Hi everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Lights, Camera, Rant. As always, we will be looking at the top topics from the news and pop culture from this past week. We're going to be looking at the massive Flash trailer. We're going to be looking at what will be the very first R-rated MCU movie and Ant-Man 3 and Quantumania. Is this a rough start to Phase 5 of the MCU? Stick around and come find out. Welcome to the Light Camera Rant Podcast. Your source for the latest on movies, TV shows, and video games. Get ready for ranting, raving, and reviewing. Here is your host, Lee. Hi, everyone, and as always, welcome back to another episode of Lights, Camera, Rant. So, as I just mentioned before, this week has had a lot of news, both in pop culture and gaming, television, even some little bit of surprises to me that I was like, ooh, okay, that's, I didn't know that was coming out, but greatly excited. So, as you all know, we are lit streaming live on both Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch all at the same time. And we do this every Sunday morning, so please come join in every time we do get a chance, and our episodes come out on Tuesday everywhere else. So, without further delay, let's get into this episode. So, this past Monday, we had the Super Bowl, which, as we all know, there are trailers left, right, and center when this comes out. I just It always amazes me how much money people or companies have spent for just that 60-minute uh, trailer or that just that 60-minute uh, chance to have someone have a look at your product. Now, there was a lot of trailers that did get come out, uh, for both, you know, Fast 10, Guys Galaxy, The Flash, and a little bit more. However, the most important ones are indeed The Flash and Guardians of the Galaxy. Fast 10, we already got a trailer for that. We're going to be looking at something completely separate. Uh, that's It was a trailer, but there wasn't much to it. But the biggest one, like, yes, we did get Guardians Galaxy, which was a fantastic trailer. Don't get me wrong. It was very similar to the very first one we got. And again, I just feel like it, like, Guardians of the Galaxy is really going to rip my heart out and show it to you. And then, like, like uh, Kali Ma from, uh, from Indiana Jones 2. I feel like that's what it's going to be. They're just going to show it to you and then boom. Like that's what you're going to, that's what you're going to get. And it's just going to be, oh. But anyway, that's what Guns Galaxy trailer is going to, it feels like that's what the movie's going to feel like. But let's look into the Flash trailer. Now, it's nearly been about nine months since we last had a Flash trailer. And even the very first Flash trailer we got, it was a bit, uh, oh, it was, it, we got little tidbits here and there. We did get to see Batman. We do know there was going to be multiple Barrys, but that was really, that was just about it from that very first trailer. This one was gun horror. We got everything in this trailer. We, this was fantastic. So, as we can tell, it is going to be very based on the Flashpoint Paradox. Now, the Flashpoint Paradox is a is a comic in which the Flash goes, he wants to go save his mother because his mother's passed, he's gone back in time, 
He saved his mother, but because he saved her, as always know, the ripple effect in time, things start to change. So we're from, it wasn't Bruce dying, it's, uh, sorry, it wasn't uh, Bruce's parents dying, it's Bruce who dies, his uh, father's the one that becomes Batman, his mother becomes the Joker, and then uh, Superman doesn't land in Kansas, Superman lands in the city, becomes a test pro test subject and the amazons are finding the atlanteans and it becomes world war three that's how that's how intense it is it gets uh in this comic book so this is what this movie will be based on into the overall dc uh dcu expansion as you would know so we finally get our first full look full look at Michael Keaton as Batman, which, oh, it took me back. It took me back. Uh, I was, oh, hearing, seeing him in the suit, seeing him saying, I'm, I'm Batman. Uh, I can't, I, same, 100% the same, Mark, uh, who's currently watching us on Twitch, who said he can't wait for Keaton, neither can I. I was watching the trailer, as I said, it was the biggest highlight from the Flash, Flash trailer for me is seeing Michael Keaton. Like, I don't I don't give a shit about the Flash at all. I'm just, like, so happy to see Michael Keaton back. Because for me, it was, when I was a kid, I, growing up, I remember that all, those old movies. Like, that was some of the very first I got introduced, you know, seeing, uh, hearing the music, and then seeing... Michael, uh, Jack Nicholson's Joker, and then you got Danny DeVito as a penguin. They were very dark. Even when I've gone back and watched them just recently, they're very dark. And from them came the Batman the Animated Series, which was just built upon that and was fantastic. So it's this movie will become slowly a nostalgia trip. And not only are we getting Michael Keenan back as Batman, we are getting Batman Affleck back as Batman. Which looks like from the trailer, the very start, he's saying to him, look, don't do this. Yeah, don't do this. You could wreck everything, which is always the thing that gets told in every, every time travel movie is the same thing. He's like, don't do it. You might wreck everything. Uh, you might wreck everything, and it's just going to be intense. And as the trailer progresses, yes, it does. As it progresses, we see that he does go back in time. He does save his mother. And then we, he meets the other Barry again. And then not only that, but there's also no metahumans. Zoid, uh, Zod, Zod comes back. Uh, Michael Sheridan, he's back as the character after 10 years from playing the villain in Man of Steel. He is back. He doesn't look like he's aged day in it at all, uh, which I was quite impressed. I was like, huh, you know, you know, have it look like you haven't aged today. That looks fantastic. And then we get Supergirl, which the suit looks great. I love it. CGI for in the trailer, about three quarters of it looks fantastic. Except there's one scene where it looks like it's a slow mo, a slow mo scene where Supergirl's like punching a, a gun away that's about to shoot Batman. I was a bit like, oh, that's a bit rough. That's a bit rough around the edges, uh, but 
besides that, I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. Now, the, we go, as I said, we are a lot in this trailer. It's great to see all these characters back, new and old. It does beg the question is who else is going to appear in this movie? There is a big, big little tidbit that people are hoping that Christian Bale will return in this movie for a cameo of like how much will Barry be, you know, multiverse jumping. Um, but it's going to be very interesting to see how the story plays out because you remember James Gunn did say that this will be the reset button. This is going to be the big one that will reset the DCEU and set it onto the into the James Gunn era moving forward. Now, look, now overall, the trailer was fantastic. It, re, it is the highest viewed trailer out of everything that got released. Understandable why, because we already got a trailer for Fast 10, we already got a trailer for Guardians Galaxy, so, and it's been so long since we got this. So June the 15th this year, we'll be getting the Flash movie. Whether or not Isla Miller is going to be the Flash moving forward is up in the air. James Gunn did say that all the current DCU actors do have an open slip to return if they wish. So, you never know. I do know that Isla Miller has... Look, he's uh, he's done some things. Hates some wines. Kidnapped people. However, I think, which a lot of people have spoken to, the majority of everyone who's going to see this movie is for Michael Keaton and Batfleck. And that's pretty much the majority. I don't know anyone who's like, oh, I can't wait. I, I'm really excited to go see Ainsley Miller in this movie. He's just a fantastic actor. Now, I haven't heard that all. And the last major role that I know he was in, which he wasn't too great, it was uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Him, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Uh, that's such a long, long title. Long title. Uh, but you tell me, are you excited for the Flash? Are you cannot wait to see Michael Keaton, or you, and that's it? Or are you excited to see Ben Affleck, Supergirl? Which other characters are you excited for? Please let me know. Now, as I said, the Guardians Galaxy trailer we did get, it was another version of the ones that came out. This, as I said, looks very gut wrenching. It's going to be very hard, and don't forget that's coming out fourth of May this year. And will be this will be the send off for Guardians Galaxy. There might be Guardians Galaxy four, but it will not be the same as one, two, and three. Uh, so please, you tell me what your theories are. Like, who do you think will die in Guardians Galaxy? Who do you think will live? However, I do think I really hope it isn't. But I feel like Rocket Raccoon is going to die, and Bradley Cooper is going to be a fantastic. Uh, he's going to give a fantastic performance. Um, he's going to give a fantastic performance for uh, Rocket, and we might this might be his swan song. Um, it'll be fantastic, and oh well. Uh, in the front row, so is he Supergirl? Uh, Lena Curtis, she'll be the Supergirl wearing with Byron and New Year's Eve. Like, if that's true, that'd be uh, uh, if that's if they do keep her moving forward, that'd be fantastic. If this is will be the same Supergirl into going into Supergirl into the Supergirl movie in the James Gunn era, fingers crossed. I really do hope that as well. But yeah, back to Guardians of the Galaxy. That yeah, that's I'm gonna feel that. I think a lot of people are gonna feel that as well. 
Uh, but speaking on Marvel, continuing on that trend is that Kevin Feige did give us a little bit of tidbits in this past week that should uh, a, lot of, you know, a lot of fans should love and be excited for. So, as in my title, we will be getting our very first R-rated MCU movie, which will, of course, be Deadpool 3. Kevin Feige confirmed that. Deadpool 3 will be R-rated, which is fantastic, and that is what it should be. That's where it should be R-rated. A lot of people were nervous about this. Like myself, I was a bit like, uh, I, I really hope, uh, I was really hoping the fact that it would be R-rated, but you know, with Disney and Marvel, it might have not, um, it might have not been the case. So I really do hope it will be. And here we are. Here we are. That's... We're getting it, boys, ladies and gentlemen. We are ready. And not only that, uh, they've also confirmed their villain. Uh, who will be playing a villain in the movie, uh, which her name is Emma Cornyn. Cornyn? I probably butchered that terribly. She will be playing the villain in Deadpool 3. She has been cast. What you might know her from is that she played Princess Diana in The Crown Season 3 or 4. Uh, she played her, so she will be playing the villain. Interesting enough who she might play. Um, if we didn't already get Hela in Thor 3, I would say she might be Lady Death. Or that might be too confusing for fans. I don't know how they're going to play it. For anyone who doesn't know... Uh, Lady Death is in love with uh, is in love with Deadpool because he can't die. Interesting enough, Thor Thanos also loves Lady Death and tries to impress her, which is a major plot point in the Infinity Saga on why he decimates everything. But if they don't have any risk, if they don't have to worry about it, I think she'll be playing Lady Death. Coin that. I'll be to it when that movie comes out. Um, but it's Deadpool 3 shaping up. Interesting enough, also, speaking of Deadpool 3, is that Michael Stewart... Um, Michael Stewart. Patrick Stewart, in an interview just recently, just spoke about how he will be... Uh, how he mentioned the fact he's on standby uh, for Deadpool 3. Nothing confirmed, but he did say that both him and Ian McKellen as Magneto are not done. They apparently has something left on the table, which I both think they will both be making an appearance in Deadpool 3, or Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart will return in Secret Wars. How old they're going to be for that role is is the next question. Uh, <laughs> how old they're going to be, but yes, Patrick Stewart said him and Ian are not done. So where do you think they're going to pop up? Where do you, uh, in the entire span of us entering the multiverse Saga, where will they pop up? That is the million-dollar question. But yes, they're not done. Also speaking, Spider-Man 4 fans. Uh, with Tom Holland, apparently the story is nearly done. They have an entire script ready to go. they got big plans. Um, there is no release date There is no at this stage for Spider-Man 4. However, Kevin Feige said that the script is nearly done and ready to do the final touches on. He also discussed that both New Captain America New World Order, Thunderbolt, and Blade are about to start shooting very soon. Now, 
We do know that Blade was made to start shooting towards the end of last year a lot earlier. However, the director dropped out. Some script changes had to be made. Um, which, you know, sometimes can sometimes be good, sometimes can be great. You never know. So, but they all start shooting very soon. We're, I'm very excited for Thunderbolts, Captain America 4, New World Order, and Blade. I think Blade is one of the most interesting ones because it's going to have, a, it's going to have to have that more serious tone in the MCU due to the type of project it is. Uh, which, um, I forgot his name, Ali Mesfali, he just had his birthday just recently as well. I think it's, he's turning 48, 49, so uh, congratulations to him. But all those movies are about to start shooting very soon. Don't get worried. The same thing with Disney Plus shows that, oh, they're going to be making these movies all at the same time and be overstretched. Don't stress about that at all. This, obviously, this is post-COVID times compared to when they were getting shot. Now, speaking of Disney Plus shows, now Kevin Feige has said that we will not get a a cluster FU word is probably not the right word I'm going to say. We got a lot of Disney Plus shows the past two years with everything coming out. Everything probably a little bit too close. However, uh, Kevin Feige said they will be spaced out a whole lot more now. So we're not saying we'll get about four shows each year or three shows. It'll be more spaced out to let each shows. Uh, show shine. Now we do know that we will be getting Loki season two, Secret Invasion, and oh my god, what if season two? Those are the three guarantees that we will get. Uh, however, Secret Invasion is rumored to be releasing in May, and if it hasn't already, we are meant to be getting when this episode drops. We uh, are meant to get the week coming. Loki season two trailer, which I will I you can I can tell you why we're getting it this week later in this episode. Uh, but yeah, all those all those worlds are turning from Marvel. Everything is looking up. There is so much on the table for them, and I'm just here along for the ride. I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, but speaking into gaming news, uh, Dead Space. Dead Space Remake, that was the highest selling game last uh, month in January, which doesn't surprise me because they did a fantastic job with that, but with everything coming out, it's amazing how much when you do a remake or a remaster, how much money that makes. Uh, but yeah, in January, made all the money. And judging from all the trailers it was and all the gameplay, it was well worth the money. Now, uh, also Judas... Now, Judas is a futuristic type of game that's coming out that is from the same creators of Bioshock. Now, a lot of people were excited for this game. I thought from everything that got announced, it would be coming out this year. However, I do have some terrible, terrible news to tell you. Judas will not be coming out until March 2025. So, yeah, so the trailer that we got and all the news just recently about it yeah it's it's you look at 2025 it's almost like that too early so which is hard because you get really excited for these games and then you get told the release day like oh like i got so excited for a uh, suicide squad game that's coming out this year uh when it was first announced 
and then it got delayed and pushed back a year. I'm like, huh. Yay. We have to wait something like that. Like, it was like Red Dead Redemption, but my, my heart for Red Dead Redemption did not, did not favor up or down. It just stayed really high. So yes, for any, anyone who's looking for this uh, continuation from the creator of Bioshock, this game, you are looking at 2025. I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. Uh, however, still speaking on that, to buy you over that time, on February 21st, we will be getting Atomic Heart, which this particular game looks like uh, Bioshock in Russia. Uh, so that should tell you over in the time. Again, it looks like a bit that futuristic kind of style, kind of gameplay. Looks very heavily Bioshock inspired. And not only on that, we just got a brand new trailer for the game with Jason Ackles uh, going to town all the robots. So it looks like it was poking a, a fun at Hogwarts Legacy. This little girl is trying to do some magic in the trailer. Doesn't work. Breaks her wand. Jason Ackles rocks up and like, I'll show you how it's done and just tears the cinder. So yeah, for any Atomic Heart fans, 21st of Feb. Ah, oh, that's good stuff. One lady. Let's come around merch. And you're showing up the mug. Uh is unavailable on our merch store. <laughs> um yeah, tell me how that should keep uh everyone in you know in time frame. Uh also continuing on in in t- in gaming news, uh we just got a little tidbit about uh God of War Ragnarok. That apparently the very first draft of the script was Kratos was meant to die by Thor's hand at the beginning of the game. I'm so glad that didn't happen. That is a fantastic game, and I'm so glad that poor. That would just change the completely dynamic of the game altogether. So, glad that didn't happen, but it was a good little tidbit to know that what what if or what could have happened. Uh, but continuing on, on uh, TV news, we just got a... A on Apple TV, a trailer for I guess TV movies, a little bit both for the Tetris movie. Uh, yes, there will be a movie uh, coming on Apple TV called Tetris, and this will show you how this game rose to fame, how it became on the Game Boy uh, back in the day, and the amazing story of what it took to get this game where it is today. Now, the trailer looks fantastic, it's very uh, like gaming inspired. It, de- it definitely intrigued. I didn't even know they were making a Tetris movie, uh, but of course, probably not because it's going to Apple TV, uh, which I can't wait for. Also, you should really get Apple TV very soon because also uh, Ted Lasso season three is around the corner, coming in March. So Tetris movie and Ted Lasso season three. Right around the corner for any Apple TV fans, so lock that in. And my last little tidbit of news that we did get, which is a delay, is the Marvels. So the Marvels is the third movie, third Marvel movie that's coming out this year after Guns Galaxy. Now this is capped basically this is Captain Marvel two, uh, where we're getting uh, Monica Rambo, we're getting uh, Miss Marvel. And we're getting Captain Marvel all through in this movie. That is coming at it. Originally, it was slated for like July. However, that is now getting pushed back until November the 10th. Now, look, I understand why it's getting pushed back. Because that's such a huge gap 
between uh, Marvel movies if there's one in July and not one coming out until February, March next year. That's a massive gap. So I think I think we can all agree that we're happy to get the three Marvel movies, Feb, June, July, and one in November. That's, I think that's a good spacing between the movies, similar to last year. However, this year, it's Feb, May, and November. Now, we've got the brand new poster that looks really good. It'll say a lot, but I think it's really good. Just It's all three of them standing on top of each other, essentially, uh, showing off their powers and the, and what it will be. So remember, at the end of Miss Marvel's TV show, we did see that uh, due to the bracelet, they're jumping around uh, to each person's location, so they're going to have to communicate. And it's going to be very interesting to see these three characters on the big screen, because two of them are from a TV show, obviously... Uh, Rambo and Miss Marvel, they're both from a T-show, so this will be their big screen debut. And it'll be good to see Captain Marvel and see, back and see what she has been up to since Endgame uh, and after Shang-Chi, which you did see her right at the end. So seeing what happened, another space movie. Actually, all, all of these three movies this year are very, not much on Earth at all. Well, not much on Earth, yeah. All, all the way. Uh, just trying to think of it. Um, they're all away. So obviously got Quantum Mania. That's in, in the quantum realm. Uh, Guns Galaxy is far out in space from the trailer. It looks like you don't see Earth at all. And then Captain Marvel. Well, I'm actually I'm really interested in how much they're going to be on Earth, if if at all. But uh, yeah, they're going to be getting that. So we got the first trailer for that. So let's look into our main review. For this episode. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are into phase five of the MCU. It is really weird to say that, that we are into phase five and phase four is done. Um, that's, oh, that's a bit, uh, that's a bit hard. That's a bit hard pill to swallow trying to think about it now. Like just just that time frame. But yes, we are now in phase five. So Ant-Man 3 is the big kickoff. Now, I know a lot of people didn't like phase four. A lot of people were saying it was too inconsistent or it wasn't you know, focused enough compared to the previous phases because they were looking straight into going into uh, Thanos. And this was a little bit... So I would say... Looking at Phase Four, it's more of a bridge. It was more of a bridge and aftermath, or like post Endgame depression, and then moving on to Phase Five. So I call it more of a of a bridge between the two phases completely, because you both got to deal with all the damage from this massive world universe-ending event, and then moving on forward continue on the fact all of our heroes are scattered still and there is still no Avengers there is no Avengers at all and in this movie we will we go dive into the quantum realm that's been teased since the first Ant-Man Ant-Man 1 Ant-Man 2 uh Avengers Endgame we finally dive into the quantum realm and the entire world that this is now we also get the big MCU Debut of Kang, the Conqueror, played by Jonathan Majors. 
who I'm going to say this straight off the bat, he is the standout of this movie. Every scene he is in, you want to see more of him. He is, it is the same kind of magnetic effect as Heath Ledger as the Joker or Josh Brolin as Thanos. When they're on screen, you forget about the heroes. You want to see more of them. You want to dive more into them and what they're doing. And so, yes, so this was the big debut of Kang the Conqueror. Now, we did get Kang, well, uh, the man uh, the man that should be named, in Loki season, uh, Loki season 1. So he was there. So this is a completely different Kang altogether. It's not the same, which Jonathan Majors plays very well. So at the beginning of this movie, we see uh, Scott enjoying uh, his life as a post or still an Avenger, writing books, doing signings, uh, getting confused with Spider-Man. All, a, lot of the, a lot of the characters from Ant-Man 1 and 2 all return. I think all except for um, except for his crew, like uh, Lewis and all them, they don't return for this, for this particular movie. They don't come back. Um, however, a lot of the little characters, they all come back for this movie, which is fantastic. And we see Scott, you know, enjoying everything he's done. He's like, I saved the world, you know. I, I saved everybody. Was it, if it wasn't for me, they will still be dusted, blipped. And we see that Cassie, who got recast uh, from Endgame to this movie, got recast to a different actor, which I still don't... I, I don't understand why she got recast. Like, why didn't you just keep the same girl um, or the same actor? Like, what's the, what's the worst thing that could happen? Um, it's not that bad. So, I don't know. I don't know, but she got recasted. And we can see that she's getting in and out of prison. She's trying to protest, um, obviously helping out the little guy. Uh, and very reminiscent to what we saw in Scott in the first movie, him being in prison as well. Now, as as we can see him, his relationship between Hank, Janet, and Hope, that's all going well. Hope is going fantastic. She's rebuilt the uh, PIM Enterprise business, she's built that right back up. So that's great after, I think Ant-Man 1 had a giant tank go through the front of the building. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, go through the, right, through the front of the building. So it's good to see that uh, he's getting his life back together, except for Cassie. Cassie's in and out of prison, and we get a fantastic, like this moment in the movie. Oh, sorry, I'm going to say this right before I get to you, Foyne. Spoilers. Spoilers, 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 left, right, and center. I am not holding back on this movie review, so if you've come to this point, I appreciate you this far. Go watch the movie, then come back and watch this, or if you have watched the movie, then please stick around. Uh, yeah, so, <laughs> I can't, I can't, uh, uh, that's, that's fair enough, but I can't do it, just wrote, this wrote in chat saying, no spoilers, I'm like, I'm sorry, man. I can't do an old spoiler review. I get so hyped. Uh, I still get so hyped with the movie. It's hard enough to hold back. Um, but this, as let's go back into the go back into the movie. Uh, we get this fantastic moment between Cassie and her, Scott saying the fact that you know she she's still trying to help. She's she's trying to help the world, help the little guy when Scott's just being glorified like 
uh, save the world. Who else? Here's another book signing. He's he's not doing anything anymore. He's not being the hero. Because all right now it's, to quote Ultron, it's peace in their time. There's nothing major at the moment that's happening on Earth that he still needs to um, save. So obviously with with Shang-Chi, that went to a different world. Uh, Black Widow was in the past. Uh, Miss Marvel, uh, that was probably a little bit too, that was a little bit more local. You know, we heard a lot from it. And then Doctor Strange, it was that monster, but that disappeared very quickly. So nothing really would have learnt, alert uh, Ant-Man to come to this scene or how much he could have helped in these type of situations. So as the movie progresses, we do see that uh, there is a relationship struggle between Cassie and Scott, and that's that Cassie, with her mum Hope and Hank, have developed a beacon to go into the quantum realm. Now, this beacon is meant to be a two-way radio to speak to, uh, speak to the, uh, speak to the quantum realm, and then get back and get back into it and and see if they can map out the entire world to see where they could go to everywhere uh which we do see and that's a good start however as all movies uh go uh don't doesn't go very well at all so next as you can see the trailer suck through into the into the quantum realm which kicks off this story they get split up into the, they get split up all four of them hope janet hank uh cassie hope they all get sucked into the quantum realm very deeply uh however janet is also kind of having like a ptsd about this whole thing saying the fact that, you know oh my god uh, i can't be in here you do, do turn this off which starts the whole chain reaction and they all get sucked in the ants also get sucked in as well into this massive world now as the story progresses, they do a fantastic job uh, as to say of this world, which this world, to me, is almost was pure imagination. The CGI is not 100% there, but this made me think of Star Wars. All this made me think of Gans Galaxy. Vibrant worlds, different aliens, all, almost pure imagination. Is in this world and everything that's built in this world. It's fantastic. Um, I'm really glad they went all out for this, and we can see everything that they want to make into this. It looks beautiful. Um, it looks beautiful, and there's all these worlds. That is one of the most one of the fantastic things about this movie is for a little kid. For a little kid watching this, you'll be amazed by watching it. It's, I would, I have as a part that I really felt like, oh my God, this is really cool. Uh, so all that's fantastic. And they do a fantastic job of Kang being like John Wick. So if you have seen John Wick, they do a fantastic job of setting up this character who has all this, you know, has done these horrible things. Who's an immense help? Everyone speaks to, about him. It's very intense. We don't seem to do anything about three quarters of the movie, but show it. They tell him how intense, aggressive, deadly John Wick is. So it builds that suspense 
to him, and that's what they do in this movie as well. Everyone who speaks about Kang, we don't see Kang until halfway through the movie. But everyone speaks for him. Even Bill Murray makes an appearance as a character in this world. Uh, they all fear him, and they all call him the Conqueror. So we do get Kang the Conqueror spoken in this movie. We do get that. And it's just showing you, uh, it's just showing you how intense and how they fear, um, fear Kang so much, which you, you, you really do feel, especially Janet. Now, what we find out is that while Janet was in the quantum realm, she, Kang landed in the quantum realm and she helped him, didn't know what it, his past or his history, but she did help him to discover to fix his device to try and take care of the world because he needs this little device, which is a, it's a multiversal um, orb, a multiversal engine, if you will. That's what it, it is. And she feels horrible because she helped him build this empire. She didn't know what he was going to do. And you see his empire. His empire is massive, utterly massive on what he's created. And you really feel it. Now, we also do get Murdoch. Uh, Darren Cross from Ant-Man 1 comes back as the character. Big head, small little body. That's, uh, he does come back. Um, he does come, yeah, he's that character. Which I don't, like, it makes sense why he's that character. Or, like, why? Because of how he got sucked into the quantum realm. So that all makes sense. So it wasn't bad. It just... The CGI of his head is is a bit bad. Ugh. I know people, a lot of people are comparing this to a Spy Kids movie, and I can see why. It's a little bit jarring. Yeah, that's what I mean. The CGI is a little bit jarring through it all. So it's and there's a bit of comedy in this in this uh, movie as well. Now the comedy, I would say, three quarters of the time, the jokes land a quarter of it. I was a bit like, eh, that's, that's not that, it's not that great. It's not that, yeah, I, I laughed. I still laughed. Um, but if a nice thing was coming back into this world and it's not a, coming into this world, coming back into Marvel, especially coming into phase five, uh, we do, that's all fantastic. Uh, the jokes, as I said, they land, but they're not on the same level as Thor 4. So don't you worry. It's not at that same level. Um, and as it still continues, progresses, we obviously get the major fight uh, between uh, between Ant Man and a team. They also do rally all the locals, which we the locals are all have unique abilities, all have unique uh, senses all across. Um, they can do. We get a character that's like Charles Xavier, which was fantastic. That was really funny every time he was talking. We get like a warrior princess of another character. So that was also fantastic. All the side characters all held on their own. That was great. And as we get to the end of this movie, it is, we get a fantastic battle between Ant-Man and Kang. Kang whoops Ant-Man's ass any day of the week. His presence in this movie is intense with his technology. Now you do find out he was exiled to this into this realm to be trapped, and and, and some of the lines he's delivered, like there's one, he's like, "I want to get revenge 
on the people who put me here and I burn them out of time. I'm like, proud. Like that's, that's intense. But we, but overall, this movie, I gotta tell you, so for me, the acting is fantastic. The world building in, in the quantum realm is pure imagination. The jokes, three curls in the land. However, a bit of it, it didn't, I wouldn't say it felt like it was just passing the time, but it did feel like this was more of a Kang movie to it. There wasn't a lot of Scott. There was, there was, a, there was a lot of Cassie. Uh, and then probably Hope, probably was a very little Hope in it as well, because we got more Janet and Hank. Uh, with Michael Douglas, which he gets an awesome scene with all his ants. Ants are back. They're all they're all back. There's plenty of ants in this movie. Uh, but yeah, overall, I would say if it was me out of the three movies, I would watch Ant Man One, Ant Man Th- uh, Quantum Mania, and then Ant Man Two. It does a fantastic set. It does a fantastic job being the first movie of Phase Five. It will it blow your mind? Probably not. And it coming out between Wakanda Forever and Guardians of Galaxy, I feel like this will be the forgotten movie, except for Kang. You'll remember Kang and all his scenes, but everywhere else it might be quite forgetful. So Wakanda Forever being a fantastic movie, and then Guardians of Galaxy is going to be gut-wrenching altogether, going to be remembering even more. So it's, yeah, I feel like it's going to be forgetful in between that those two movies, which is... Kind of, it's kind of sad, but at the same time, it's not the end of the world. So take your kids to the movie, take them. It's fantastic. I'd recommend it for kids. It's really good, and you're going to love Kang. I can't stress that enough. And the two post-credits scenes we do get is that we do see the Kangs. We do see all the multiple versions of Kang. It all the multiple versions. And they talk about how a Kang is dead and they have to start making preparations because of that, that these people are getting too dangerous. So, this you know, Kang Dynasty with all these Kangs, that's where it's leading to. And Jonathan Majors plays all the characters. So, that's why I'm always amazed. Imagine getting a role like, hey, you're going to be the big bad for the MCU. Great. And you... Almost get to play a different character in every single movie or every single scene that you're in. Sold. Take my money. He's done a fantastic job and he is going to be a force and so awesome. A force to be reckoned with in the MCU moving forward. Now that was the first post-credit scene. The second one we do get, which I did allude to earlier, is that why we're going to be in Loki season two trailer this week, Ruid, is because the post-credit scene it was, is with Loki. And Morbius. Now it looks like it's in the 1920s, and we do see Kang. Now Kang is just talking about time. It's like an old show. He doesn't look evil at all. So it could, we're thinking that maybe this could be the very first Kang. Or this could be the very first Kang that leads to everything. Now, because time is not a linear path, which I was talking to both uh, Dean, my mate, and Mark from Mark My Words was the fact that because it's not a linear path, even if they go back and change Kang's mind from going to time to time, he's still, uh, he's st- there's still things that are going to happen. Everything that's going to happen will still be at that point. 
uh, it will still occur. Kang will still arrive. Everything will happen because time is showing you there's a multiverse. There's so many. It doesn't matter if you go back and just change one. So, and Loki looks terrified of the whole thing. He looks mortified. And Morbius is like, he doesn't look so bad. Uh, but that's what will lead into Loki season two. So get ready for that. And guys, that is my review for Ant-Man. Um, Ant-Man 3. It is a it is a great start for Kang to the phase five. However, it might be quite forgettable in the oral arching of every single Marvel movie we have got so far. But please, guys, tell me what your thoughts were. Did you like Ant-Man 3? Was it a bit no? Were you like, mm. it's just a dud? Is it just a CGI uh, mess? Is it just awful? Um, or, or are you still on the fence about returning for Phase 5 in completing the MCU? Or you're like, nah, I'm done. So guys, as always, thank you very much. Until next time, happy ranting. Thanks for listening to Lights, Camera, Rant. If you like the show, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. While you're at it, leave us a rating and review, and be sure to tell your friends. Until next time, happy ranting. <laughs>